there and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I'm here, as always, with uh, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, Brianna Wu. How you doing, Bri? What's crack-a-lacking? I have to tell you, I left the happiest place on Earth to be here today. No, you didn't. You I came did. to the happiest place on Earth. But, well, that's what happens. I was, I was in Disney World. I was at the Magic Kingdom. I was hanging out with Cinderella. And then I left there to come record this show with you guys. So I think that just speaks to how much I love doing this show. That does. It does. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry. I'm getting a little verklempt. Yeah. yeah, I'm also going to unveil George's new catchphrase during this show. Oh no! So um, I'm worried. I'm really, really excited about this. I thought of it last <laughs> week, right after the show. Yeah, I've just been waiting all week for this. So. Oh my god, I'm sh- I'm scared. <laughs> I- I'm terrified, actually. This is. This I- is- I'm excited. I don't know. Somebody after, has to after be. Steve freaking me out with being psychic last week. I don't know if I can handle any more surprises. I'm still a little bit weirded out. So we're also joined by assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maggie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I think you should just introduce Georgia because we all want to know what's going on. Nothing is interesting about me this week. Aww. We all just want to know about Aww. Georgia right now. No. That's not true. I, no. I have a lot of catchphrases already. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna delve <laughs> I tried into what to they think are. Of one for you, Maddie. I really did for a long time. I plugged your name into like various nickname and catchphrase mm. generators on the internet. There are catchphrase generators on what? the internet. There are. there are what? Like the the mafia, the mafia, like nickname generator for Maddie was like Sweet Lips or something like that. And I'm like, I'm not calling Maddie that ever. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes Zach calls me Mighty Maddie. I like that one, but that's not a catchphrase. That's like a nickname. Yeah, I thought I thought we were doing catchphrases. Now I don't know what's going on. After the show last week, I was like, gosh, yeah, G-Dog isn't that good. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I started I wonder thinking. why you thought that. It's weird <laughs> that you changed your mind about that's, that. That's yeah. so that's so funny, actually, that <laughs> you bring it up because um, when I'm, I'm playing this game and I, I couldn't find anything to put as my name, so I put down Georgia D- G-Dog just to think of uh, you, Brie. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's, That's great. awesome. CD editor from iMore.com and host of the, well, now Vector podcast, right? Georgia Dow. Right, yes. So, how you doing, Georgia? Are you, or, or G-Dog? I don't know. I won't call you G-Dog. No, <laughs> I won't do that. We won't, we won't, we won't justify I tra- that. I tried the woo-woo-woo and it, it just went really poorly. I think I, I think I got some booze and hisses after, so. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> That's well. okay, Georgia. Just tell them you like Terminator. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not going to do that. You, you just you went off the deep end there. Yeah, yeah. Off the reservation, I think they call it. Yeah. So, do, so how long do we have to wait for this catchphrase, Bree? I'll yeah. talk to you right now. Okay. So, so as you guys know, um, I went and saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and so that's when it hit me. George's oh catchphrase God. has oh to God. be Dalabunga. Oh, Just like oh that. that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> it is good. It really is. You know, I wasn't expecting to like it, but... I think we may have lost Georgia for the rest of the show. That's too bad, because her catchphrase is so good. <laughs> yeah. She could just plunge into a topic and say that when she had something no, to say. She could just... Oh my god. <laughs> sort of drop from the ceiling Mission Impossible style oh, on a yeah. cord and be like, Dowabunga! 
<laughs> that would be completely out of character, but amazing. Well, she she would have to have nunchucks too, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that goes without saying, really. It's really too bad that that movie ruined Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just kidding. And every me now, every too. movie of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> yeah, has ruined really them. I mean, it's it's it is quite an achievement to like outdo a movie that starred Vanilla Ice. It is. Ooh. I, yeah. yeah. Each successive TMNT film has attempted to out-bad all of the prior ones, and it's really getting There's getting a great wild. animated version, though, a dark animated, and it was a great movie. I forget. Really? The I heard course. that that wasn't good. Maybe I should I check it out. I it. It was, it was Have there been any, grim. like, good TMNT video games? Yeah, the first one. The one for the NES. The NES? No way. Oh, I played that when I was a little baby in arcades. You're right. I love no, that game. No, I disagree. The one with April having the huge hair on the side of the arcade cabinet. That yeah, one. I like that. What, Turtles in Time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, don't. No. You're, you're going to... Those games are. Well, I know you, you love no those room games. To talk, Mr. Terminator. Sucks. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I the big I, guns. Steve's opinion on everything is irrelevant now. You see, Steve, you can't you can't say anything anymore, Steve, because we always can bring it back to that. <laughs> so <laughs> I played the Simpsons arcade game with uh-huh. my daughter a couple months ago, and those are all the same game, like that and TMNT and X Men. They're all pretty much the same game with pal- with with sprites swapped out. And we played it on free play, and that was, like, the most excruciating two hours of my life. Oh, well, they were designed to make you put as many quarters into a machine as well, possible. Well, I know, exactly. And when you play it on free play, it's like, why? <laughs> but, what am I doing with my life? But even on free, it's horrific. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. It's like yeah, what yeah. life choices have led me to this point that I'm playing The Simpsons on free play? Like, you no. could You could actually hear your little brain cells popping. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I I enjoyed those games a lot because I was a child in an arcade. Yeah. And that is the main reason why they were good. <laughs> anyway, video games. A couple of bits of follow-up. So we didn't talk about Ferguson on the last episode because we, we already kind of did our heavy thing for the week. But it is important. It wasn't heavy enough already. We, we didn't want to just, you know, leave everybody... <laughs> Leave everybody just like scrambling for the exits, but right, lose out like you know everyone that's listening. Yeah, but it, it is important, and I, I just want to point you. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Uh, Spawn on me, which is a gaming podcast that's focused on the perspective of uh, people of color, is first of all, it's a fantastic podcast. You should be subscribing to anyway because those guys are awesome. And they did their last episode was the first half hour to 45 minutes or so was about how they saw Ferguson and also how it relates to things like Battlefield Hardline and some other stuff like that. And I felt like I really learned a lot from it. So I would encourage you if you, you know, like the stuff that we do and you're interested in hearing that, I would absolutely go and listen to that. And I'll put a link in the show notes so you you can go listen to them. And the show notes you can find at either isometricshow.com or 5x5.tv slash isometric. Um, and I also want to put a link. We, we had some discussion about the Tomb Raider outrage and we'll probably talk about some more outrage this week because it seems like our, you know, once, at least once a week, it's, you know, we talk about what the internet is angry about and that's our topic for the week. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was a really good article on Destructoid about outrage culture and kind of mm-hmm. what drives it. And I, so I'll put a link to the show notes to that as well. That was, uh, that was a really good read and it kind of helps explain how we get to the point that we do and how people get so angry to the point of, you know, harassment and stuff like that online. Yeah, yeah. it's a really good article. It's very rare that I, I read a uh, psychological article and I'm not like, eh, you know, because that's my field. But this one was written really well. I, I really enjoyed reading it and, and took a look into some deeper levels of things and it wasn't just like 
this is good, this is bad, very black and white, and, and didn't think about everything that it was dealing with. So, How, how many Dalabungas would you give it? <laughs> would, that be, would that be four Dalabungas? You're going to make me would have to say it, aren't you, Bree? That is your, I yeah. can already tell, that's your mission <laughs> to make me say it. I'm going to wait for you to say it, and I can change it to my phone's ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then you could sell the ringtone on uh, Fandas.biz. <laughs> Never happening. Never. I'm sorry, Maddie, you were saying something? Uh, I, nothing. I'm not going to say anything. I was just going to say Jonathan Holmes is a good writer, and you should read his work, because the, he's the person who wrote that piece, and it was good. And also, he started writing it like a month ago, so he's been working on it for a very long time and has been tweeting about it for a while. So I, I think people are kind of trying to tie it to some sort of event, but actually he's had plenty of times to talk about outrage culture in gaming yeah. spaces. So I mean, literally, it does seem like there's like at least one thing a week. So I, I thought it was really cool to read it. I, I always like reading his stuff. And, and he based it pretty much on like four main things, like one, anonymity. So like you end up because you, you won't be called out on it. You know, you can pretty much just rage without having to worry and there's no consequences. Group think everyone wants to be part of the group, mm -hmm. part of the club, part of the in thing, being able to be larger than something that is yourself. And then uh, extremism, that joining the group, you want to be seen as part of it. So you'll be even more extreme than the person before you. My favorite part is that he says that it's ironic <laughs> that he's talking. Uh, he's pretty <laughs> yeah. much raging about rage culture. And um, I thought that that was really funny that he was saying that it's pretty silly for me to actually, and, and ironic that I am saying stuff about, uh, you know, how outraged the internet is. And sometimes I sound outraged myself, but he's not anonymous. So he could actually be called out on that. So I think that that's one difference that makes it stand. And then we got a question on Twitter from Julia who asks, uh, who gets paid when I buy a post catalog game? Like not the original staff, I assume, for example, Parasite Eve on uh, PS3 Vita. Mm, so good question. Bree, do you have any insight into this? I mean, I can't tell you a specific, I mean, it's obviously a contract between those companies. Um, what I would imagine is there's a certain amount of the, of the money that's going to go to Sony, you know, that's part of that. And I would imagine, uh, it's going to go to, to the developer who, you know, took their time to get it up on, you know, whatever service, PSN, for instance. So it's going to be, be a percentage of that. Um, a game like Parasite Eve was, you know, developed back in age with the, um, you know, developer publisher paradigm. So it's almost all certainly going towards, you know, Square Enix in this case. Uh, so that's the answer. But it can, of course, vary based on contracts. So, like, something like Murdered, where the developer doesn't exist anymore, mm -hmm. does that just all go to Square then at that point? Or... Well, it's going to depend. I mean, again, this is me guessing what their particular contracts are. Because even though the the company is gone, the the people that made the company still exist. So wouldn't the I don't know. In, in all in all likelihood, they they still exist as a corporate entity. I mean, because you know, like the the murder uh, developers went out of business. They're you know like selling off their office equipment to take care of uh, you know debt. They're likely when you, you say know, that it makes classified. it sound like they're murdered. Sorry, I'm just going to say it's the game murdered because when you said the murdered, they, they're not actually not existing because they were murdered. Just in case anyone hasn't been following the show, just to be super, the game, clear. just to be super. Clear. Yeah, 
Because this week hasn't been a downer enough as it is. <laughs> yeah, right. it turns out that those developers aren't getting paid because they're dead. So, right. yeah. For, for the record, you do probably continue to exist as a human if your game studio <laughs> closes. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if they're set up as an LLC or a tax S-corp or an LLC that's taxed as an S-corp. But, yeah, they're going to have to exist at least for another year until their taxes are paid. They probably have outstanding debts. They probably had to close their lease and, and break that. So it's probably going to the company to pay off debts. So that is what I would, I would guess. On that fun note. I would give that zero Dalabungus <laughs> on a scale of one to five. We're going to rate everything on a scale of Dalabungus today. Is that how we're going to yeah, do it? I think oh, so. Oh boy. <laughs> so there was a lot of discussion about demos this week because Madden is coming out. So everybody, of course, on this podcast is super excited, I'm sure. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, full, full disclosure, I am actually a football fan and I am actually kind of thinking about trying Madden, even though I haven't played it for a couple years. But Have you ever played a Madden game? I, I have. Like, I had this kind of... Every year, I would kind of. They used to come out a lot earlier. They used to come out at the beginning of August, and now it's coming out like one week before football football season starts. So I used to like rent it for like a week, play it, remember why I don't play Madden, and then send it back. Mm -hmm. Um, but I haven't even bothered to do that in the last couple years. But I've I've actually been reading some stuff about it that makes me want to try it again. But that's neither here nor there, I guess. But so So when you play football games, do you like do you like bro up like a football bro? Like do you put on the the Jersey or whatever they call it. You know what he puts on, Bree. Bree, Maddie, come on. You guys know what he wears. The panda suit. The panda suit. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they don't let you play football games wearing a panda suit. I think there's like some sort of a regulation somewhere. But you're the mascot. (laughs) That's like the worst football team ever, though. That's like the... (laughs) The the fighting pandas? I'm sorry. I think you mean the best football team ever. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I don't know what they do up in the CFL, but you know. Defenders forever. (laughs) So, but no, I, yeah, I get super bro-y and I uh, drink Red Bull and I do push-ups in between, uh, in between plays. And yeah, it's, it's total bro fest. Do you chest bump with your daughters? Like jump off the couch? I would probably knock them over if I did that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then we're going to the hospital, which is not very much fun. Okay. So, is there? What do you do in those games? I mean, you play football. I mean, what? I, I, I don't, yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I know how to play football. I enjoy watching football. The idea of playing a simulated football game does not appeal to me at all, and I can't. I can't figure out why that is. It's it's because it's the same reason why I got annoyed with playing Cooking Mama because I'm spending all this time playing Cooking Mama, and I'm like, it takes almost the same amount to actually cook it, and I get to eat it. It was like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Instead of pretending to make, like, creme caramels, I'm just going to make creme caramels. That's about as much fun as watching someone, because you get to, the fun is actually eating it. Or, like, actually watching a football game that has actual stakes, <laughs> as opposed to playing. Well, I mean, I guess, okay, so, do we want to talk about the ad for a second, since we're already talking yeah, about Yeah, we the may game? as well talk yeah. about the, the ad. ad. The ad was... I love that ad. 
I love it. It's pretty funny. It made me laugh. I, I think yeah. Steve wanted us to hate this ad, but this ad <laughs> I, made me laugh out loud. So I, yeah, I, I, I it worked for me. Ridiculous. It was. Can I? Can I give you my? Can I give you my rundown of what this ad is? Please, please, yeah, Georgia. Yeah. Give yeah, us a dramatic okay. reading of the ad. This is my dramatic reading. Um, I'm going to use black guy, white guy. I hope that does not offend anyone. My my uh, friends that are black don't like African-American. So it starts with a black guy going to a white guy's house and then slapping him. <laughs> then you end up with the black guy going outside and having a car with a ton of girls. Then the Lady Gaga impersonator starts singing in a stadium. And then she's in a pool and she asks someone to help her get out of this pool, which was actually kind of funny. Then the black guy standing on the white guy's bed. He's got a megaphone, size of a car. He's blasting him. And then the white guy wakes up. Then there are two guys rapping. They're going blah, 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 blah. It's kind of catchy. Then a bear, uh, not a panda, because if it was a panda, they would have gotten some points from me. Comes out of the pool, DJing, using a violin. I'm not really sure. Uh, the boys face off in a game of death playing Madden. I wonder uh, if they only played for six hours. The white guy, ca- his house catches on fire and he says, let it burn. And then, uh, you know, they, they end up throwing down for the game. That is pretty much... What the that isn't it? That is a summation of it, but you didn't <laughs> capture a, the epic awesomeness <laughs> of stupid. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that beat is playing throughout all of this. Are we just gonna listen to all of it? You know what? It would be better if we had oh. the night trap music. I was <laughs> yeah, I like that part too. What are you doing? I love that song. <laughs> it was a good that this part is, is a little jam. catchy, but. I yeah. I don't know. This this was like uh, the perfect video to prove to aliens why we don't really deserve saving. It was like like two 12-year-olds kind of got together yeah. and they thought of all the stupidest things they could do on April Fool's, uh, place that in like a blender with Justin Bieber, a platypus, and then hit exterminate. I feel like this ad, though, explained to me why Madden actually appeals to people unintentionally because Madden, there is zero gameplay shown in this ad. There's maybe f- a five second clip of the actual game being played but that is not the point of this Mm, ad mm. this ad is about an adversarial friendship between these two guys and they're gonna play together and they're really excited about it it's basically and other people are Mm, constantly in the background of all of this it's like this very performative game so they're trying to sort of mimic i mean for me fighting games is what this reminded me of because i'm like oh they're this is exactly the same as going to a fighting game tournament. That is, that is exactly what it is. I mean, that's that's the appeal for multiplayer. It doesn't even really remind me of like a, going to a football game. No. Um, that wasn't the feel of it at all. It was very much like a video gamey version of a football game. And mm-hmm. it, it worked for me in that sense because I was like, oh, this is about adversarial friendships and that kind of thing and that is what the ad displays i mean there's also a lot of catchy pop music and like jokey imagery but ultimately it's about these two guys playing a game together doesn't show the game though i thought that was really interesting well see here's the thing that that's kind of weird to me right because i don't understand who this ad is for because if you are i mean madden is one of like the big two or three games that we talk about when we talk about gamer bros, right? We talk about Madden and we talk about Call of Duty and maybe yeah, there's something else that's in there. nobody plays both of those games, so it's really funny to associate them. But anyway, continue. But it's either one <laughs> or the other. And it's like, if you are a Madden player, you know exactly when the game's coming out. It's not even like they need to say, hey, Madden's coming out, because it's like, hey, the sun's rising in the morning. Right. And and it, you know, you know it's coming out when football season starts. You know that there's going to be a new version because it would be news if it didn't come out. So it's like, 
who are you advertising to? The people you're advertising to are the people who are already going to buy your game. They're not targeting people like me who I'm a legitimate football fan. I no, no, no. I don't think that's who they're targeting. No, I think they're not. They're targeting people who may or may not buy the game every year. And the entire point of the ad is get hyped. That's it. It's just this one's going to matter. That's so, Maddie, all it is. have you have you pretty much said that this is like like Madden and Call of Duty is pretty much like if you're an Elvis fan or a Beatles fan? Yeah. <laughs> Except cool. I like that. that those I like are that. things that are good. And Call of Duty, much as I love it, <laughs> is very formulaic. And I would hesitate to describe either the Beatles or Elvis as formulaic. So I don't know about that comparison. Uh, amount of angry tweets. Head on but down to no. Follow hey, Maddie. I've played. I've played every Call of Duty, uh-huh. and as a Call of Duty fan, I I doubt anybody would disagree with me about that. That's part of what's appealing about it, and I would argue that's part of what's appealing about Madden is that it's similar every time, but it hones those same gameplay elements mm. down to perfection. Ideally, I mean that's yeah. why you get the new Call of Duty. You want to see what they changed and play the multiplayer and see what it's like. But this is kind of the thing, right? Is that I'm wondering, and the reason I'm asking who this is for is because this is where we got into this discussion about like demos and what demos are for mm-hmm. this week. Because the the big thing, and we talked, we kind of brushed on EA Access when we talked about PlayStation Now a couple of weeks, but we didn't really talk about it. And one of the things that that EA Access is doing is. You have to pay for EA Access to get access to the demo for Madden. So you're already in $30 now in order to get access to Madden before the game launches. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And what's crazier is that after what you're paying for is a limited six-hour demo. So... It, what it used to be, I'm, and I haven't played a Madden demo in a while, but I've played NHL demos, and so I'm, I think it's the same thing, and I imagine it is, that typically they take the two teams that were in the Super Bowl the previous year, and then you can play with those, and that's it. That would be, so it would be the Broncos and the Seahawks that you would have access to. I don't know if that's how this is going to work, or if it's just going to be a full trial of the game. I was, I was looking at this, and I couldn't help but be reminded of, you know, Origin, which is, you know, um, it's basically a separate EA service that basically competes with Steam, right? Like, you can buy games on Origin instead of Steam. It's like this, you know, separate ecosystem. And, you know, it's basically trying to get you to pony up $30 a year to get early access to these games, including... Dragon Age Inquisition and Madden, which, by the way, are two very, very separate audiences. <laughs> that's the, like, if that's what, hey, look, you could, you can do this. Fantasy football, Brie. Yeah, fantasy football. <laughs> that's the overlap. I could get on board with if they crossed football with Dragon Age. Like, it was the Dark Swan and, yeah, yeah, the Grey Wardens. Isn't that what Blood Bowl is? I never actually played Blood Bowl, but I know the premise of it. It's like elves and dwarves and orcs playing football, which is just an extended joke on fantasy football that somebody took all the way through to developing (laughs) the game. Yeah, they really went with that. They really committed to the bit and they finished it all the way up and they were like, yep, we're shipping this. You really have to com- have to appreciate that kind of commitment to the joke. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know that anybody was willing to go with them on that. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of the thing is that if you're already paying for EA Access, and I think a lot of people got upset with this because 
they were expecting to have early access to the game, but these are probably people who are going to buy the game already anyway, and they're just looking to get it early. So yeah. is a demo really a demo? Is a demo a sales tool or is a demo just like glorified early access? I mean, it's the same thing with, is a demo more like what they did with Destiny, which is kind of like a limited time, uh, you know, early taste of the game, or is it really something that's supposed to sell the game? Because that's always what right. it was supposed to be before. And now it seems like that's kind of like a foregone conclusion that people are going to buy the game and we're just giving them this little taste to keep them going until they actually go and buy the game for real. And then Ben Kuchera wrote this, wrote this piece and, and Brie, you had some thoughts. Well, I mean, so, I mean, just summing up Ben Kachar's piece, like his title was Demos Are Dead, Long Live the Demo, which I thought was a, a very, very provocative title because it kind of pronounces something in the industry that's going to happen. And then it was, it was talking about for him as a consumer. And, you know, Ben Kachar comes at games from a very specific point of view. And he was talking about how, he was frustrated because it felt to him like too often he would go play a demo and the developers had like shined up and like faked an experience for the entire game that was not representative of the entire piece. And now he personally was more interested in the models like I suppose this EA early access would be one of them where you're basically paying for access to the whole game for a while to see if you're going to to like it, and he felt that that was a, a a more complete view. I don't know. I personally, I it's it's another one of these things where it's like coming at it as a developer versus a consumer, and I can see how that might be more palatable for him personally in evaluating a product. I really understand where he's coming from, but I also think it really only works for certain kinds of games, specifically a Madden or something that's not content-based. Because, like, a Dragon Age, like, once you've played it, you consume that content, and it's it's time to... You may pick it up later, but it's about experiencing all that content at once. And it was just a very consumer-centric point of view, which is a, a motif, I feel, for most of his pieces. Like, he's he's speaking for the industry, but... He more often than not, in my opinion, is speaking specifically as a consumer and more specifically as a father. And I think that I thought it was a kind of myopic view of this issue. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think that the one incident where I would agree with him, and, and I think that you can go really wrong with a demo, is, is sure. the thing. And and Bravely Default is like exhibit A, B, and C of this, because... I don't know if you ever... I know you play Bravely Default. Yeah, yeah, you, I liked it. Did the rest of you play Bravely Default by any chance? No, nah, that's like no. the opposite of the kind of thing I play ever. Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Grindy games really bore me. I don't like them on consoles, but I like them on handhelds because I can just kind of watch television and, you know, do stuff, whatever. Yeah, that's fair. They released this demo before the game came out, and the demo really kind of just threw you in with no real direction whatsoever. And I nearly completely gave up on the game because of the demo entirely. Cause I, it didn't mm. tell you what to do. Hmm. And I ended up going in a direction and for whatever reason, they had these monsters that were like way overpowered for the party that they gave you. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm getting killed in two hits and I'm out. And it took a lot of people saying to me, no, this game is good. You really ought to try it before I tried it. And when you play it through the way it's meant to be played and you level up the way you're meant to be leveled up, it's, it's really enjoyable. But the demo actually did the game a disservice 
by being structured the way that it did and putting you in like the middle of this game where you really, it really depends, especially a game with a complicated system like Bravely Default has. I mean, it's not super complicated, but it's, it's more complicated than a lot of games. It's layered. Yeah, it's, it's layered and you need to kind of, you need to know what layer one is before you can get to layer five. And when it just kind of drops you into the middle of it, it, it does a disservice because it, there's no way to figure all that out all at once. You need to go through the tutorials. So do you think that they chose that method because it was a cooler section of the game and they didn't want you to think that the game was really dull and simplistic? I I think that that's probably part of it. I I think it was actually, if memory serves, it was actually like a completely separate little mini story of its own. Like it wasn't actually part of the game, but I think they wanted to show you like giving you access to some of the powers you would get later in the game to kind of make it more interesting, but it kind of backfired and went the other way. I mean, coming back to like Ben Kachera's opinion piece today, like this is from his opinion piece, quote unquote, uh, but demos can be misleading. And one of my favorite metagames while playing something I've tried to impress meaning E3 is to try to find the chunk of the game that was used in the vertical slice. In badly made games, it's the piece that suddenly looks and plays better than the game around it. Suddenly the enemies are perfectly scripted and the action becomes cinematic and dramatic. Then that section is over and you're dropped into the rest of of the game. And his basic argument here is he feels that demos, as they currently exist, like pick a slice and the developers are trying to, I don't know, I guess trick you or, or make the game seem more polished than it actually is. And it's i think the overall point of his piece is it's bad for him as a consumer because he's he's grown to have less faith that the demo is going to represent the whole game um i'm only speaking for myself like i've certainly played games where the section i felt a little bit more polished but like dragon's dogma i ended up buying the whole game after playing that demo i thought it was very representative and i don't know have you guys ever played a demo that really felt deceitful to you or is is that just me that i haven't experienced that i i think that i usually when i play a demo and i see a lot of cutscenes. I don't expect the game to be filled with a lot of cutscenes, and I expect them to show the more polished, fun, animated parts of the games. It's almost like uh, looking at a preview of a movie. Like, I expect them to show some of the cooler parts because they want you to buy it. So I don't know if I feel misled. I think that that's probably smart marketing. You don't want to put the most dull, boring part of your game in. Right. I don't know if misled would be the the proper term. I've, you know, I I think that you should show some some gameplay and and some cutscenes, and there's some... I guess, you know, the cutscenes are made, like, you know, if you look at any of the Tekken games, the cutscenes, and they're just, like, they're stunning. But I know that that's not going to be what the game is going to be about. Well, what about, like, the financial cost to developers that have to really polish up that demo for certain audiences? I mean, that was what I was expecting you to delve into, Brie, was the fact that developers get all this pressure to create a demo that perfectly encapsulates their game but also looks amazing it's like an extensive commercial i mean Mm -hmm. personally nothing sticking out to me is like i played the demo and then i bought the game and was dissatisfied i really can't remember any of that but i can remember reading many stories from developers who were really struggling to figure out what part of their game to put into the demo how to get the demo good enough for cons i mean i see people talk about that all the time it's a pretty big problem it's it's a great it's a really good point to bring up because like he's talking about 
trying things at press meetings and having it it not work out or not be in the final game. When mm-hmm. We've had to prepare demos of Rev 60 for, for PAX or some other show. It eats up development resources. It wastes time because you're going through and you're you're basically hacking your game. So levels will load at this part and then there's the QA because you have to go through and play it and test it and make sure it doesn't crash. And maybe you're you're setting the player's level a little higher or you're moving where the tutorials are. It it eats up time. It's 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 very expensive. So absolutely that's legit. But there's a difference between that and like a demo that's on that's downloadable, right? Like there's yeah. like I think if what? you're playing something at PAX or E3 or GDC or or whatever, you know that that's not the finished game. And that's going to be a 15 minute a 10 minute slice that's designed for a somebody who's coming in cold to be able to go and play it. And you're going to be putting your best foot forward there. I think that's different from like a downloadable demo that someone's going to go onto the PSN and download. Absolutely. Like the, the Halo demo looked exactly like Assassin's Creed at the beginning. And it was, it was just really just a movie scene. But again, you already, if you know, if you've ever played games before, you know what Halo is, you know what to expect from it and more of it, but it didn't bother me. I thought it was really cool when they had the reveal and I was like, yeah, like I kind of enjoyed that. So I don't know if it had any gameplay, actually, when I'm thinking back to it. So, And that was okay for me. I mean, I'm thinking about PT this last week, who everybody yeah. I know, everybody I know, has been playing the frack out of that. I know. I've been thinking about it throughout this entire discussion, and I was wondering how we go about bringing this up. Because... PT is basically a game on its own. I mean, I can't really speak to that because I'm way too scared to play it, but it sounds like it's a game (laughs) on its own because some people are playing it for like 12 hours. I mean, those are, that's a thing people are doing. I watched the the 30 minutes of someone else playing it. Well, but it's different length for every person (laughs) who puts it up. It's randomized. I mean, at that point, it's a game. And I was having a conversation last night with a friend who's not a gamer, but she started playing a demo for a game called Unturned. I don't know if you all have heard of this, but it's sort of like a Minecraft-esque MMO that somebody made, mm-hmm. sort of like Daisy meets Minecraft, I guess. And yeah. she's like planting flowers in this game and running around meeting people who try to kill her and just having a grand old time. And she's like, it's just a demo. And I'm like, you're describing an entire game. <laughs> what? This is a demo? So apparently that's a demo you can play on a non-gaming PC. So, I mean, clearly demos are still effective because I keep hearing about people adoring them. So this this Ben Kutcher piece really threw me. I wonder whether this is a games journalist thing where he's played so many demos and he analyzes games differently because based on actual people I know who aren't in the industry, they don't see demos this way. Is that what do you guys think? No, I don't see demos that way either. And I mean, if I'm really that concerned about a game, I'll just rent it first. Yeah. It's not as easy to rent things, but Gamefly exists, a Redbox exists. And, mm-hmm. you know, so you go or you do a, a trial in, in PS Plus. Like, this isn't this isn't a problem, really. I mean, if developers want to put together a demo, you know, play it. And if not, then you just try the game. Like, Or, or you know, worst comes to worst, if it's really bad, you buy it and then, you know, trade it in. I mean, obviously... I don't like to do that, but 
You know, right. like, yeah. that's what normal people will do is if they'll, you know, if they're going to take a chance on a game, if they think they're going to like it, they'll b- just buy it. And if it sucks, then they'll go bring it right back to GameStop and get, you know, $40, $40 back out of their 60 and go buy something else. Well, yeah, but also developers have to keep making demos, right? Like, Brie, you can speak to this. There's never going to be a situation where developers don't get to make demos anymore because every time they go to any kind of trade show at all, they have to have a demo there. Right. Trade shows, venture capitalists, if you're an indie dev, maybe you're putting together an MVP for people. If you're doing a Kickstarter, you're going to put together a demo for it. Um, absolutely. So I don't know. I feel like Ben Kachera in this piece is arguing for a particular kind of demo that he, as a consumer prefers. And I think, you know, what he prefers is fine. But I think the umbrage that I take for this piece is I found it a very specific... He was arguing for it from a very specific point of view. Yeah, see, like, I even disagree with you because I think he's arguing from the perspective of a games journalist because based on people that I talk to who are not in the industry, especially people who don't play a ton of games... They love demos because they have no idea what they're getting into, especially if they don't know all the genres of game that there are and they aren't looking at the game going, oh, this is obviously a Minecraft meets DayZ game. They don't know that. (laughs) They're just going to download the demo and find out what it's like. That's how normal people think. (laughs) But but I I guess the question is not would they want a demo or would they want to just go buy the game? The question is would they want a demo or would they want a trial type scenario where they could just start playing the game like i don't think they would know i don't know it just seems like a weird question to me i don't know Well, has anyone ever played a demo and then played the game and said this is like i i feel shortchanged in between no No. so maybe i just have been extremely lucky yeah maybe it's because i personally prefer games with a lot of story content like the kind Mm -hmm. of games i like are the Last of Us, Mass Effect, you know, Final Fantasy, something that's a story-based game. And I just think that strongly does not work with this particular model, you know, which is play the entire game as much as you want in 12 hours. There are people that had beaten Final Fantasy 13 3 24 hours after the game had come out. I mean, there are people that will speedrun it, so... I don't know. That said, I think like more models for the industry, great. I think it's cool. So yeah, I just, that's fair. I won't. I won't be spending any money on EA early access. No, definitely not. I mean, that's yeah. especially well, me neither, because I'm not. I don't have an Xbox One, but that's beside the point. This is probably a good place to take a break. So we, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, which is the all one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store for a free trial. And 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code isometric. And uh, so we talked a couple weeks ago about fandas.biz, and that's that's all built completely on Squarespace. And, and I, I discovered a new feature this week. Yeah, Breeze made enough money to buy a yacht. we should we should mention what fandas.biz is yes so fandas.biz is our fugue state of a merchandise site where you can go buy uh you can go buy the rev 60 comic book you can buy hand turkeys and hand turtles and 
mecha hand turkeys. It was built in like half an hour to an hour using Squarespace and, and is running off their e-commerce platform. And No, I found out a great new Squarespace feature this week that I'm very, very excited about. So I'm sitting there and someone... Yeah, I was talking about people that didn't like Revolution 60 uh, on my Twitter. And somebody was like, you should send those people a discount on Georgia Dow's $99 hand turkey. $99 so I'm like, wow. Wait, it's up to $99? I, it's, it's a special sale. It's very valuable. Yeah, it's a masterpiece. It's very awesome. So I was like, I wonder if Squarespace will let me generate like sale coupons. And they will. Oh and I was like, really? okay, what's, yeah. I'm like, how much what's do I have to, how much do I have to pay you so if you send me one of those coupons? Cause I have to see one of the coupons for a hand turkey. I will, I will, I will, it's just a code that you use. So the code really? that I made is sad panda. <laughs> so if you enter in sad panda, if you don't like Revolution 60, like someone wrote me this week and they wrote me a very angry email about Revolution 60. Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm sorry you had a bad experience. Here, enjoy 1% off. Did you really do that? So cute. They probably thought you were making fun of them. That's amazing. No, they probably thought they were making fun of my, my turkey hand. No, oh my no, no. Gosh. It, was, it was an angry three-page screen. I can't believe you're charging $99 for this thing. Yeah. Hey, hey, Steve. That's no, what I mean, I'm not saying that it's not a lovely drawing, Georgia. It's just, you know, it's... You're not? I'm not. It's just, okay. you know, it's, it's kind of... It's a masterpiece. Of... It's evocative of the futurists. <gasps> Do you feel like if people don't like Revolution 60, then they're perfectly poised to like the hand turkey? <laughs> like, those are opposite. Those are sort of the Call of Duty and Madden of I, isometric, so, if you will. Let me, let me be really clear here. Okay, so the person that... This is the story about this. This person had an angry screed about Revolution 60 deleted by a mod on a major site. I think it was Destructoid. Like, it was so vile it couldn't even stay on their site. And then they emailed <laughs> it to me. Uh -huh. And I was like... Well, they wanted to make sure you saw it. Right. And I was like, okay, thanks. And then, like, they wrote me another, like, five-page thing back, like how they demanded an apology for not getting a response about it. And that was when I sent them the 1% off the Georgia Dow hand turkey. Thanks to Squarespace. Uh, so wait, yeah, did they wow. cash it in? I don't, probably not. <laughs> I hope they did. I really hope that they did. And I hope that they enjoyed the hand turkey because it's adorable and the website is beautiful and yes. it has some yeah. really cool fan art on it. It looks yeah, great. Yeah. It looks great yeah, on any yeah. device. So I just opened it on my iPhone and it looks... Did you open it? It's yeah. going to be my background. Yeah, I just opened it on my iPhone and it looks great on the phone with the responsive design. Uh, uh, plans start at $8 a month and if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name. There's 24-7 support through live chat and email uh, located in New York, Dublin, and Portland. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. So when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code Isometric to get 10% off your first purchase, which is a better deal than Breeze giving on her on uh, George's George's hand turkeys. And you can you can get you can get Squarespace for like a year or a hand turkey. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can actually do both. You just have to remember to yeah. put in the right offer codes in the right places. <laughs> You might want to listen to the ad again to make sure you get it right. Yeah. So. so when you're when you're signing up for Squarespace, use the offer code Isometric to get ten percent off and uh, to show your support for Isometric. Thank you very much to Squarespace for supporting Isometric. And a better web starts with your website. 
We Yay. love them. They're, they're they awesome. are super awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if Squarespace's car broke down on the side of the road, I would pick them up and drive them to wherever they needed to be. On your bike. They're good people. I, I would give them a 2% discount on Georgia Dowski. <laughs> <laughs> Only 2%? You wouldn't even give them 10%? No. We can't just give away Georgia Dow <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Maggie, let's not get nuts here. We gotta Come make on. that. They're not gonna buy the cow if you give away the milk for free. I understand, I understand. <laughs> I'm really sorry, everybody. I'm sorry I even suggested it. So, speaking of uh, horrible people who are sending horrible screeds to developers, there was this this really interesting post this week from one of the I, I don't from one of the devs from Puppy Games who do uh, Revenge of the Titans and they do Droid Assault and a couple of other the smaller games through Steam. Pulling back the veil a little bit to talk about what happens when prices start going down, but the expectations from gamers keep staying the same or even getting higher. And kind of talking mm-hmm. about how back when he was charging $20 a game, he was basically helping people fix their computers by working through with them what they needed to do with their graphics cards and everything else to get their games to run. And how he's had less and less patience for that as the prices go down. Because if you are paying $20 for a game, then you know, there's a certain amount of cost that is amortized by you helping that person. And if you're paying a dollar, then you're starting to cost the developer money. So I thought it was, it was kind of interesting. He really didn't, didn't pull any punches. And, and again, this is going back to some, some of the outrage that, that goes on the internet and uh, people, you know, just yelling at developers and treating developers like crap. Entitlement. And I think that people forget that time is money. Like, you know, the amount of time that even just replying to someone, like you should be polite and courteous because that takes time away from someone else to deal with that, especially with games that are now becoming, um, you know, just, you, you just can't charge a game. Like, you know, I know recent people have been like, you know, upset at you for like $5, like the, the cost of like a Starbucks coffee, like please. Um, and people get upset about spending that money on a game that they're going to spend a good deal of time much longer than their coffee on. You can't expect elite service and then constant harassment to people. It's it's other people that are on the other line and they that's time is money for them. So people demand more and more things from people. Yeah, I mean, he says, actually, you quite literally cost us lunch because the shop sold you a computer with broken software on it. And that's really kind of an interesting way to look at it. It, it kind of amazes me. I mean, I see the, some of the crap that Bree puts up with on a regular basis. Ugh. On the one hand, I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about AAA developers who are just kind of betting the farm every time they put out a game if they're not putting out a Call of Duty game. And so we, and then, you know, kind of the indie devs are supposed to be rising up, but the indie devs aren't making a ton of money either. And there's a certain point where just that kind of abuse. I mean, nobody should have to deal with that kind of abuse at all, ever. I mean, just be nice to people, for God's sake. But, I mean, just that kind of abuse just for making games, I mean, how uh, pretty soon we're just going to run everybody out of it and we're not going to have any any games left to play at all. Mm-hmm. To me, uh, the abuse is awful. Maybe it's because I'm already a woman in tech. Like, it's it's... I feel used to it, maybe. Well, you just call that Tuesday, basically. Yeah, I mean... uh, You get extra special. I know, it's great. I mean, here's one of the reviews of Revolution 60. 599, are you out of your mind? Exclamation mark, two stars. 
or two dalvangas out of five. If you want to <laughs> yeah. Say it that way. Yeah. Did that person buy the game or? He, uh, they played the demo. By the yeah. Way. Uh, so. Oh, they didn't even pay. They didn't even pay the five. They probably got to the paywall and gave up. Is probably what happened. Okay. Which, by the way, like you know, there's a lot of story you can play in Rev Sixty before you hit the paywall. But it's just so, it, it's so frustrating because I mean, in in making Revolution Sixty, which cost you know almost half a million dollars to to create, there have been many a month to pay my people that I've eaten red beans and rice for three meals a day just to save costs, mm-hmm. you know, and to have somebody complaining to me that they don't feel like my game is worth six dollars. It's just, it's ridiculous because, like, there's so much production that went into our game. And if you don't want to buy my game, that's fine. It's not a game for many people. But I feel like one of the real problems is Apple has inadvertently created this culture mm-hmm. where people will buy a $900 phone and replace it every year, too. Yet the software on it is not even worth 99 cents. Like, people expect this ephemeral thrill all the time. Yeah, I was actually talking to a friend of mine that uh, is a genius at Pixar, one of the senior people there. He was talking to me about how... Even at Pixar, they, they run into this where people used to buy their movies. And now for movies that are high quality and, and out, like people expect them to be streamed and they don't want to pay for them in the same manner. And I just think that there's this, this demand culture. And I think like people don't really think about the people that are behind the things that they feel entitled to. Yeah, they, I, I don't think that people are really aware about, one, how much games cost. Um, I, I know before I spoke with you, I, I wasn't really, I did not know how much went into developing a game. So I think that we need, it's great that we get to talk about it and kind of let people know. And plus, like, really, it's the price of a coffee, you know, like, that's that's not that much. I'm going to enjoy, it. like, a game you can play for as long as you want. I love supporting games that I enjoy. It's just, and some of them I would, like, say, like, listen, like, you know, get rid of the ads. I'll just give you money. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I wish that That's were an option. That's something that you can have games. a downloadable content of get rid of the ads and get, I'll just give you money. A lot of games don't even have that option and I wish they did. But I'm sure it's I'm sure it's tricky to implement. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, well, you have to design the game a certain way, right? right it's like right, right. if if you're talking about some one of these microtransaction things, I mean, that's that's one of the things. I don't remember if we talked about this on the show or not. Like that's one of the things. Like I will, pl- I will play a game like that if you give me that option, even if it's exorbitantly expensive. And I might buy that, or I might buy the microtransactions. But at least I know you're not screwing around with things to try to just manipulate me into buying more microtransactions. If there's like a limit, right? At least if I know, even if it's a high limit, at least if I know there's a limit, then I feel like it's less predatory than something where it's just trying to get me to spend 99 cents every time I'm going into it and yeah. and trying to keep getting turning me into a whale as, as the uh, parlance goes. I'll just, I'll just say it not that this really is kind of is on the side but really annoys me is when they're always asking for my Facebook or my Google Plus mm. or my email. So I'm always putting down Samus clone at like hotmail.com. Oh great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So mail, everybody, everybody yeah. send yeah. your hate mail to that address as well. It's definitely <laughs> real. So send it there. When I'm flaming like Brie on different things, I'm always writing back. Oh, Sam is that I'm you? Just trying to, that's me. Are you the um, person that threatened me several times yeah, this was, week? Yeah, that was actually just me. It was actually me. Now you don't have to worry. That makes it better. <laughs> is that why you're so nice on the show? Because like you get all your rage on the internet? She gets right, it. Right. She gets it out of her system and through email. Yeah, the vilest right. possible internet troll. That would really be intense. 
<laughs> that would be like some super villain, super wow. level stuff. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why, why take my personal? Like, really, I don't want you to email me. I don't want to know any. Just let me play the. I just want to play the game. Don't make me sign some sort of huge disclaimer thing. Just let me play. I swore when we started Giant Space Cap, we would not become that evil company that was asking for your Twitter <laughs> and your Facebook. But there are reasons. What is the reason, Bree? What what the is the reason? The reason is Stalking? because games have become so <laughs> devalued. Yes, like the the president of Game Loft wants to look at you in your bed as you sleep. You know what? Oh, that's I don't know. I don't oh, know. Right, right. Oh. No, the reason is games are so devalued at this point that the model of charge money for a game is not allowing people to recoup expenses in the same way. So getting it to go viral, getting more people to know about it, that's why they want to know your Twitter and your Facebook, because it helps them buy ads for your friends. It, it links them into this network. Like, I can go right now and... I'd rather pay more I, money. I don't like doing it either. I, don't I know like you it. would. I'll pay you money, and if I like the game, I will tweet. I will tweet out. But, I really will. But you're an outlier. You're an outlier. <laughs> and I also have to say, like, there is a subject I swore I was not going to bring up this week. But one of the lines in this was this guy's talking about how gamers are not nice people, and indie game developers get a lot of nasty stuff from gamers. In fact, more than they get praised sometimes. I personally have gotten a lot more love about Revolution 60 than I have critique, but like their indie game developers take a lot of stuff. And this hasn't been a great week in the industry for indie game developers in general. And I just, I think like this guy is speaking from just the exhaustion of dealing with this. Mm -hmm. So I thought he was putting it all out there. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, eventually there's just a point where you just say no moss. Like, I mean, if you're not making a ton of money doing that. Yeah, then it's not even worth it. I mean, we've had such a similar conversation about games journalism, about how journalism doesn't know how to fund itself. And it does a lot of really weird stuff in order to fund itself. But yeah, they can't pay their writers. And we're seeing people get laid off and whatnot or yeah. publications that we love closing and that happens in indie games as well because there's a similar problem and then we end up with like a thousand fart apps yeah 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 yeah, yeah. sorry and past gas apps right <laughs> because we we can't say fart on the show yeah. we're gonna mom have to does not like out. it if my mom listens to the show she's gonna be very offended by me saying that so. I, I did learn i can use the mario fireball to bleep out uh Ooh, have you used that yet i, I did i used that last week <gasps> did you which yeah. of us swore was it me who do you think <laughs> I don't know. Was it me? It was no, me. No, it was Who was Bree. it? Oh, okay. It was me. I actually thought it was me. We were before the show even started. I've worked so hard not to swear on this show. I do too. I've worked so hard because if you follow me on Twitter, oh, it's filthy. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, Bree and I are just sailors the rest of the time, and we have to rein it in for this. And Georgia and Steve are like normal humans with children who live yeah. lives. You, no, you but... see, you don't understand because because I have children, I when they're not around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry that this show is taking away your you swearing are a night. Salty it's like dog, Steve. I, I I get like a little outburst of just just yeah. Foulness. Oh, well. Like strings foulness. of foulness. People you are know, probably listening to this show with their children right now, so we should stop talking about this. Hey, yeah, kids. Yeah. Bree and Maddie, you guys are going to get a thousand followers just from this one episode. That's all I, I hope say. so. I hope they're. I hope they show up for the F word. You know. That's, <laughs> that's why I word. hope they. I mean, maybe some. Maybe some S words. 
maybe some some H words. I don't know if that's okay to yeah. say. The I don't G know. Word. I actually I did have a pl- I I had a plot this week, uh, Georgia. And it's like because everyone on the show's a Twitter plot? is like, gosh, you know, I've thought about it, and Georgia's my favorite. Georgia's my favorite. Georgia's my favorite. <laughs> like, oh. and I'm like, I am like, I'm like going to do an episode. I'm going to do an episode <laughs> where I show up. And I am like Stepford wife, nice like Georgia. The oh my god! Oh, I thought you were gonna do. I thought you were gonna say you're coming in and doing like a Georgia Dow expose. That's horrible. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just gonna be so super nice. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. I give you ten no. minutes. Have said that. Like, yeah, Five hundred people. Yeah. Do you even think no. you could do that? See, to me, I'm just like, oh, that's so nice that, that people like Georgia. I didn't even think. <laughs> You're right, though. We're always competing. I mean, we're not friends. We're competitors. And this is a contest. And isometric is something that we can win individually. <laughs> and we'll know that the podcast is over when one of us has won. <laughs> this whole podcast is just a really long, drawn out death match. Only yeah, one yeah. person will remain. <laughs> In a world uh, where there is no pixels. Is no pixels? <laughs> I, I tried. I was trying. I had to do the voice. I, could, I couldn't multitask. That was okay. good. <laughs> it was good, though. It was good all the way up until the glaring grammatical error. <laughs> yeah, I'll do the giggling for your next game. I know what the one line you'd make me say would be, Bree, so I'm saying no. 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 <laughs> I will trick you. I, I know you will. I know. I, I know. I don't I know what. All right, and is. and you know, Bree apparently is not able to deal with the the happiness of the happiest place on earth. So, <laughs> what? What makes you know. say that? I'm <laughs> feeling happy for the first time in like five years. So. I don't know. You're oh, ca- wow. talking about Bree Georgia Dowd. And like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dowabunga, indeed. Was, it's not like that. It's more like Georgia makes me want to be a nicer person. You lie. But I'm not. <laughs> she makes you want to be a nicer a person, but like not that much. Like, eh, you know, eh, yeah. seems hard. Eh, it's just like, like, you guys, we've had, we had Amanda on the show as like our substitute Georgia. Like when Georgia like skipped school that one time and it's that same feeling. It's like, well, I hang out with Amanda. It's like, oh, Amanda's so nice. I hate her. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is the Georgia hate show. Wait, so Brie, how do you feel about me? Because I'm incredibly cruel. So do you feel competitive towards me in the opposite sense? In other words, she loves you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why Maddie's my favorite. You're, you're like you're like Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, kind of. Right, right. I'm going to write it to the show next week. I'm like, Maddie is my favorite. I'm not so much like you're gonna create like six sock puppet accounts and you're gonna like start a 4chan thread about how maddie is the best it's gonna be an effigy of me that everyone's gonna attack all right so brie what are you playing this week yeah <laughs> i'm sorry what are you, you playing this week what am i playing this week played some pokemon x Yay. um but more than that like can i can I talk about this? Like, I one of the reasons I went on vacation this week is because I was feeling so creatively burnt out. I was feeling completely creatively burnt out. And I just, I thought about going into Revolution 62, and I just couldn't do it. I felt no, like, passion for the project. And Frank and I went to Disney Quest, you know, because we're down here in Florida this week. So we went over to Disney Quest, 
And we played, which is, by the way, awesome. You can pay $45 and just play games all day there. Um, and we played this Transformers game, Transformers Human Alliance, which is this turret game. And it's better than any of the Transformers movies. Was it more than meets the eye? It was more than meets the eye. It was, it was really good. How many Dowabungas would you give it? I would give it four <laughs> Dowabungas. It's really good, actually. I, I got inspired this week. Like, I'm thinking about rather than leap straight into Revolution 62, I'm thinking about doing a game in between Rev 60 and Rev 62 that would be like an on-rail shooter kind of game with uh you know with action events in between it kind Why of like Why not Rev 61? Uh, maybe we'll call it Rev 61. I was thinking about calling it Revolution 60 Fifth Survivor as kind of a um allusion to Resident Evil 2 Fourth Survivor which was an action mode I really enjoyed but I'm like I got really inspired by that today. So that's kind of what's on my mind is not playing games but figuring out this new game I'm going to build with Unreal Engine 4. Wait, wasn't there a Resident Evil that was like a on-rail shooter with like Umbrella Chronicles or something like that? Uh, Umbrella Chronicles, Dark Side Chronicles. There was also Resident Evil Gun Survivor. Yeah, yeah. Did you play uh, Gun Survivor 2? What was it, Dead Aim? That was really good. Um, I don't know. I I played a lot of them. It was a while ago. Yeah, I think they gave out the two Chronicles games uh, through PlayStation Plus. I think I played it for like 15 minutes or something like I that. I played them on the Wii with those weird Wii gun things that you put the oh, yeah, yeah. put the Wiimotes yeah. into and you get to pretend that you're shooting zombies but you're actually in your living room shooting your TV like a weirdo? <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah. I did that yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I don't regret it at all. What about did you play Dead Space? Um, the good Dead Space Extraction? Did you ever play that? Because I thought that was excellent. Was that the iOS one? I did not play. Yeah, that, is that the, was that the iOS one? I didn't it's, play that one. No, it's the on-rail shooter for Wii and uh, PlayStation. Oh, really? Honestly, I could barely play the first and second ones, and I only played them because I had to review them, and it was seriously hard for me. Okay. So, Like hard for you? Wait, hard for you Hard, hard for, for you me emotionally? because they, I think they're scary. I know that people don't think that Dead Space is scary and that people who play a lot of scary games will be like, they're not scary. But those people are desensitized and they're wrong. <laughs> and those games are scary. So, yeah. But how do you fix the on-rail shooter? Like, this is the question. Like, the problem with the on-rail shooter is it gets to be very repetitive. Mm-hmm. With you doing the same thing over again? I mean, this is true even in the Umbrella Chronicles. But yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah, but it's like, so I figure if you're bringing in your save game from the first Rev 60, and that affects the actions that are going on because of the choices you made there, and then if you have to make different choices throughout the game with what you're doing, I think that that could add some replayability. Because, like, it seems when people play Rev 60, they want to find all 24 of the endings. So I think if you, if you added gameplay mechanics inside the game, like a good upgrade system with the guns, um, I, I think there's a way you could twist the the on-rail shooter and make it a really compelling experience. So I'm trying you to could. figure that out. Yeah. Or yeah. you could just trick people into playing the game over and over again in the same way that the Resident Evil games did, which is that the Umbrella Chronicles games give you bonuses for destroying every single light Everything bulb in the game. Yeah. So you could play it cooperatively with somebody and compete with them over who can shoot the light bulbs the fastest and who can shoot as many light bulbs as possible. You could do that, which is... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. weird thing that I did. So, yeah, that's something you can do in your game. It's a good selling point. The, do the weird thing I did. 
Yeah. The other thing that's really exciting is um, Unreal 4 has built-in Oculus support. So it occurs to me that we could wire up this game to be compatible with Oculus and be this really cool experience and be like being holiday in the game. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so this sweet. is what I haven't played games this week. I've been doing game design docs. So well, I'm looking, that's what I'm I've been looking doing. at Oculus Search right now. I'm like, I want. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. All right. So, Maddie, what did you play this week? Um, I have continued playing some Street Fighter things. Yeah. And Zach has decided that now he wants a fight stick now that he has played with mine a lot all week. <laughs> he yeah. bought one today after looking yeah. at fight sticks for a very, very long time. Which one? It's like called a razor or something. It's like normally $200, but he found one that was $130. I think it's called a razor. I'm going to look for it. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is. And it can be used with multiple consoles, which is a big concern for fight sticks because now we're switching generations and that's a whole mm-hmm. big deal. Zach is very, very into tech and not really that into <laughs> playing with the tech that he owns, but that's fine. I'm really glad he's super excited about the fight stick and I am excited to get him to actually use it. But I know that on the show, we try to talk about a new game every week and I already talked about Street Fighter. So we also played together this game called Colm. K-O-L-M. This game has a sequel with a Kickstarter. Unfortunately, I don't know. I I didn't necessarily like this game. Oh, it looks strange. It's very modular. So the reason why it's called K-O-L-M is because it stands for kind of like Metroid. (laughs) And I recently recently wrote a piece for Paste. Before I even played Colm, I wrote this piece called that my editor titled Troid Rage, in which I railed against Metroidvania games that purport to be similar to Metroid, but actually are not, and just kind of borrow gameplay elements without really understanding what made Metroid good. I guess I just want to say, like, if the Calm developer listens to this show, or if they somehow hear this, and I know they're making the second game, I watched the trailer for it, I played all of the first one. I just want to let them know it's okay to not include so many Metroid references in your game. And I think it might be holding you back because this game has a really, really cool concept. It's about a little robot. The robot wakes up. It can't see and its legs are broken. And throughout the entire game, the robot is talking to its mother, who is a human, theoretically human woman. You don't really know if she made it or what. You kind of find out as the game goes along what the story is there. It's a pretty unexpected weird ending that I didn't expect and I couldn't have predicted it. And you have to kind of like try to keep up with what the dialogue is and none of the dialogue is similar to Metroid in any way. The story isn't. You're collecting your robot parts and rebuilding yourself, which is very interesting. So that's kind of similar thematically. But I mean, the f- it's... There are a lot of weird Metroid references in it that make no sense and shouldn't be there and that really took away from the experience for me. So I guess I would just say if you're making a game, it's okay if you have influences, but don't let those influences, first of all, don't name your game after them because (laughs) what the heck? Like that made me not want to play it. And it turned out to be pretty adorable and kind of scary in a cool way and an unexpected way. But I didn't want to play the game because I was mad. So don't do that. And also, like, don't put in weird Metroid references that make no sense when that isn't the aesthetic of your game. Like, just have a game that's inspired by Metroid where you collect pieces. That's fine. That's okay. Like, how many games have been inspired by Final Fantasy that don't call themselves, like, 
Final Fantasy clone 2014. Like, you don't need to do that. It's okay. Like, it's fine if your game is similar to Metroid. Just let it stand on its own. You don't need to constantly be doing these references. I don't know why this has happened with Metroid specifically. What do you guys think about this? Am I just like too obsessed with Metroid and I need to I'm move right on there with my with life? You. I'm okay. right there with you. No, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to do a game, it's an homage. Like, you don't have to knock people over the head with it. It didn't need to be an homage, I guess is a better way to say it. It had some really original, cool elements. There were some things about it that were sort of like beginner developer things that I'm sure Brie would have picked on. Like for me as a musician, some of the sound design things, I was like, this could use some work. But overall, the gameplay, I really enjoyed and I really enjoyed the story of the robot. So that part, I was like, just let the game stand on its own, man. Like, just just let your game stand on its own. That's my advice. Before we go to Georgia, can I ask a question about your your fight stick? Yeah, totally. So, do you use a square gate? Do you use a octo gate? It's a square gate. I am thinking about changing it out. I don't know. I mean, it's been a square gate for a while. I've never really tried an octo gate. I, I can say for me personally, like I, I I tried a square gate. For those of you that don't know, with fight sticks, like yeah, I have no idea what the hell you two are talking about. The joystick, there's one joy, big joystick, and then buttons, and the joystick... And underneath it, there's like this plastic plate that like helps you going around the edges, and super pro fighters use a square gate, because the idea is not to ride the gate as you're doing moves, like not pushing on the outside of it, because the ideal is like to move it as little as possible, so it's as fast as possible. But my problem is, when I'll try to do a um, you know, dragon punch, a square gate mm-hmm. will screw you up. Or at least it does me. No, it sure does. It sure does. I am not that good at Z moves, and I think it might be because it's a square gate. It is. But it theoretically, is. that the square gate could help you because you can let the angle hit the corner when you're making the Z. That's what's supposed to help you about the square shape. Basically, you're yeah. making a Z move with the joystick, uh, Georgia and Steve. So sort of picture right. moving the yeah. joystick in a Z motion. Um, that's a really weird move to do but that's what that's the problem i've always had with street fighter games is that i've never been able to pull off that move like ever consistently it's not just in street fighter and and only when i'm trying to do like a fireball motion is the time that i actually pull off the z move well technically the fireball is a quarter circle so whatever yeah Yeah. (laughs) i see i'm so so spoiled because i have a a cabinet like a full-sized cabinet with um uh, from X Arcade, I have a MAME joystick, so I bought the one that has the two joysticks, the uh, eight buttons on each side, and then I have the roller bar in the middle. So when we play Street Fighter games, I'm always using that. I really don't – it's really hard to go back. Yeah, that yeah, makes a lot of sense, so, and that yeah. sounds so cool. It's I know. I've looked into buying those. You can make one. You buy an old cabinet. You you get the computer on the – you can actually do it yourself for pretty cheap. Really? How much? Like for less. I think that we got the cabinet. It was an old game, and I think the cabinet was two fifty. Really? That's all. That was it. The cabinet. That's was like, like only slightly like... more than the fight stick. That sorry, you buy. sorry. I just <laughs> got. I just got corrected. It was one fifty for the cabinet. Oh my god! Oh! What? That's, that's yeah. the price of a freaking stick. It's in Canadian, so it's like a dollar okay. fifty in American. And okay. um, <laughs> then. <laughs> But you have to pay for it with all those coins, so it's yeah. you know it's more difficult. They have the little coin thing. I wanted it to work, so all my friends would have to pay coins in order to use the machine. But that didn't that didn't happen. Out. And then we ended up getting the X Arcade Tank Stick, which like I think cost more than the cabinet. Yeah, it's like one sixty nine. And then just the computer that you have inside. So really, you end up like with a super sick system for like maybe like 
six to eight hundred dollars depending on what kind oh of computer you want. And you really don't need a powerful computer for that anyway, do you? You just basically just like take an old computer that you're gonna trash anyway and just like yeah. flash it with yeah. Linux or whatever and just yeah. turn it into a yeah. Yeah. It's really cool and you can you can actually attach all of your controllers if you want to use like, you know, a regular, you know, like Xboxy oh PlayStation controller. You can also do that. So I, I you can't go back. Like I can't play a fighting game. If I will always say, let's use the arcade. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! So I could get like a real fighting game set yeah. up. Oh my god! Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But yeah, then yeah. you can't ever play it outside of your house. But that's fine. Who cares? <sighs> it's, it's Other different. people are terrible. Don't don't. I mean, yeah. what, I mean, Bree's yeah. not exactly going on like tour, or going to people's houses to play Tekken or whatever. Well, you can you can hook up your old controllers if you want to practice it with a controller. You can you can hook them up. But, yeah, you know. I think that would be good for me. It would discourage me from doing things like entering tournaments, which I do, and then I'm mad at myself for doing because no, it's never fun. No, that's so fun. cool that you're doing that. That's no, 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 cool. it's terrible. Mad it's a terrible idea. No, no, no one should do this. I'm probably gonna do it again soon. I, Ooh. it's a terrible idea. No, it's a good idea. <laughs> I keep <laughs> doing Please it. Do that. Yeah, I keep walking into the fire. Do walk into the fire. You're gonna end up the phoenix at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then you need to go like Bane, like. The fire rises, or however he does that. Like you need to get all psychotic. <laughs> Can you do yeah. that again, Bree? Do that again. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm sorry. Are, were you trying to do I'll a Bane? I'll do it voice? if you give me a dowel. That was Bane. That was Bane. <laughs> yeah. So Georgia, what are you playing this week? Oh yeah, me. Um, I am playing. Sorry. Um, I'm playing Spellfire. A uh, Spellfall. It's a cute little tiny puzzle game role-playing kind of thing it's really very very cute it's on my iphone because i'm still studying for my uh, certification so i don't have a lot of time but it's really cute it's like a little bejeweledy kind of game but then you get powers and spells and and you move up levels and you can get different kind of stuff to equip your people with and it's very cute it's really beautifully animated and i'm also playing puzzix as well because they have updated it and i can go past level 200 except for one sad thing uh drum roll pr- please maddie oh my god don't make me do this again <laughs> <laughs> that's better that's better just, that's good i'm not love- doing it <laughs> Somebody is. What are you hitting when you do it? Are you hitting like the mic? She's, she's hitting Mickey Mouse. Is what she's hitting. No, no, no. <laughs> it is that it loses all your levels and goes back to level two. No. What, yeah. Why would they do that? By mistake, and I I wrote to them oh. because I I figured since I was going to bring it up on this show, I was going to write to them, and they were so sweet. They wrote me back. They were really really sweet. They're like, we're sorry, we don't know. Like, not many people have gotten up to this level because I will play a game and have to play everything in it. And uh, so they're going to fix it and send it back. But I love the game. I love it. So basically and you hit the kill screen on Puzzix is what you're saying. I did. I did. I did something. <laughs> and I was sad at first. I was The first time it happened, I went, maybe I was wrong and I didn't really reach level 209. Maybe not. And then it happened the second time when I reached level 220 and I was all sad. Aww. So I pouted. <laughs> How many Dalabungas would you get that experience? <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing Aww. it. It's not... It's, oh, don't do that. Well, that me feel I, nonetheless, I think the name of this podcast is uh, <laughs> No Bunga. We, we well, we already gave Georgia the title last yeah. week. You know so what? I don't, know. I don't I care because yeah. Bunga is the best. No, that's, Maybe we yeah. just name it after Georgia every week now because no. she's everybody's favorite. Oh, so why don't we just lean into people? it? Everyone's going to now send hate out tweets to Georgia. Nobody's going to send you hate because <laughs> there's nothing no to hate you about. Literally no one because no one hates you. <laughs> I'm going to see Brie. I'm going to be see Brie retweeting all the like, I hate Georgia tweets. 
good time life. All zero of them. I'll be spammed with why I hate. She, she has an do annoying laugh. Do you think laugh. I would do that? She's no way. No way. Everybody loves your laugh. Funny. Has anyone so ever complained about Georgia's laugh other than Georgia herself? No, we've gotten it. We've we've gotten like all kinds of tweets about how much people all, love her laugh. All through my, I don't understand because all through my childhood it was like that laugh, and even the clients. Maybe would be people like, were jealous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my laugh. Right. Anyway, anyway, Steve, what have you been playing? So I'm still working through The Last of Us, which is probably going to be what I'm saying for like the next like 12 weeks. But I, I, I thought I, you were going to say 12 years, and yeah, I was well, like, it may be, it may be. <laughs> it's actually, it, it, I, I'm, I'm warming up to it. I am. It's getting now that since I got at, through Boston, it's, it's a little bit better. Cool. You're hitting your stride. Yeah, so I've been playing that, and then I got this really... So I've been on this music game kick for the last couple weeks, and I got this really weird urge to play Res again the other day. Yeah. Oh, that it's still, like, such a good game, Res. I don't remember this game being... I mean, I know I played through the whole thing on the PlayStation, and I've been playing the Res HD on the Xbox 360. And it's I, I I don't know if it's the controller or what. Like I'm having a much harder time with it, but I I'm only through like the second level and but oh it's so good. It's I mean the music is really good and just the whole experience is just really it's kind of a good way to chill out at the end of the day, even though it kind of stresses me out because I'm having trouble beating the second level, but just and and you can't really play it for very long because the, the Xbox controller vibrates so hard that it like hurts your thumbs Ooh. after a little mm. bit. But it's, Purple. yeah, it, it <laughs> I just, I've never had that experience. Like it's, it's shaking. I can't control it. It's, no. no, it's like, I mean, you've played, you've played Res though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, on the just Xbox. Turn off the rumble pack, right? Like, but you can't turn off the rumble pack. Cause that's like the whole thing is that it's the, you know, the music and the sound effects and the, the rumbling in beat in time with the beat. And like, that's the whole no, experience. I, you I'm can't right turn that off. I'm right with you, Steve. All the time I play my Xbox, I'm like, Oh, this rumble is too much. I can't handle it. No. See, and you're and you're asking me about growing up when I'm playing Madden, and now I think you know the answer to that. That was great, Bree. That was a great impression. Yeah, that was exactly what Steve sounds like all the time. (laughs) I saw it. I saw the visualization, and like you know, I was like, "Whoa, is Steve talking?" At the same so, time as himself, it was so, really. So next time, next time that that happens, I'll make sure to shout Dawabunga instead. And then okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Oh, like if you're yeah. in game, if you're on the voice chat, just shout Dawabunga yeah. wherever oh, you no. are. Georgia, why no. can't you own that? I gave you a gift today. <laughs> the rest of us have said it. The rest of us have said it multiple times. How I'm just can saying. you? That is like the most. If my wait, wait, G- guys, guys, <laughs> hold on. Which TMNT characters are the four of us? Which do we match up to be? Oh, I'm I'm definitely not Donatello. I think that's no question. You're the girl. No, what do you you mean I'm the girl? There's four turtles. None of us are April and Neo. We're the four turtles. We're the four turtles. We got to match up to each turtle. I'm messing with you, Steve. I'm sorry. (laughs) You were the cat last time we did this. Spoilers, spoilers for the same. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that like Breeze, Breeze Leonardo. (laughs) You think? Or no, actually, I think Breeze Michelangelo. I think. Yeah, I was going to say Michelangelo. I hate Michelangelo. I'll be okay. She's definitely. Then she definitely is. Then she definitely is. We now know she's definitely Michelangelo. Mike just called me Michelangelo. (laughs) Okay. 
And I think I think Maddie's Leonardo, and I think George's uh, George's Raphael. No, that what? makes no sense. No. Why does that make no sense? I don't know. I I don't know. Because... George is too nice to be. Yeah, Raphael. George is. I'm Raphael. Oh wait, Raphael was a jerk. Yeah. Switch right. them around. Switch That's them right. Around. Switch them around. Yeah. George is Leonardo, and I'm Raphael. That makes more sense. Yeah. So then you're, you're Donatello. Michelangelo. I'm never surfing. I'm never <laughs> eating pizza. That has to make calories. You're always, you're always wanting to order pizza. All of us eat pizza, first of all. So don't be ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. We're all turtles that eat pizza. Okay. All okay. of us are teenagers who are turtles who are mutants who eat pizza we're all that already so we have a lot of similarities just to start with um but yeah also i'm Raphael. okay cool okay. we're done so we're done I, here i know i know the audience could turn on me for saying this i oh, thought if they haven't by now brie so so like all women i have an intrinsic like dislike of Megan Fox that I don't understand. <laughs> like, there's just something about her that irritates me. But I really liked her in the new Turtles movie. And I thought she was a really good April O'Neil, actually. So I kind of like her because I found out that she plays Call of Duty and that was so funny to me that I was like, really? you know what? That's cool. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think she's I, hot. I, I think she's really hot. I don't know. Oh, oh she's, she's also gorgeous. super hot. She's gorgeous. She's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, like, we would all date her, right? Like, not oh, a joke. Yeah. 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 Okay, She's cool. team switching. Gorgeous. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> we all hate her because we have a crush on her. That's what that's, it is. Yeah. That's fair. I think that's, I think that's it. Uh, so you can find the show notes for the show at uh, 5x5.tv slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can send your email, your feedback via email to feedback at show. Dot com. Make sure to uh, review the show on iTunes. We those reviews. We read every single one of them, and oh, we yeah, really please do and send them in the Canadians iTunes, please, because there's like like three or so. Oh, we got a really good one in in Canada. That <laughs> did we? Yeah, that they said that they like to. It makes them want to uh, high five random people in the street. Oh, I love that one. Wow, I read that, one. that was wow. really yeah. just awesome. Smile and high five random people. Yeah. Somebody like, wow. send that to me. Yeah. And, and send me the American ones. And we're also on Stitcher too if you uh, you know, Stitcher? if you happen to be yeah, it's another thing. If you thing. hate iTunes and oh, who doesn't okay. because okay. their podcast interface is weird. Sorry, Apple. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking that if we get another 75 uh, followers on Isometric Twitter account that Steve could bake us all cookies to celebrate. I was yeah. You don't want awesome. me to bake you cookies. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I do actually. You could buy them cookies. and tell us that you baked them. I I think I still have some Girl Scout cookies in the basement from the <gasps> okay, last that's sale, fine. actually. So if we get another seventy five <laughs> followers on our isometric uh Twitter account, Steve is gonna give me Girl Scout cookies and reignite my crack like addiction to them. So it's it's just a taste for when this real sale starts in January. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so well. you can follow the show at uh, Isometric Show, and you can also follow all of us individually. I am Wicked Good, and Bree, where can people find you? I'm at Disney, but I'm also <laughs> on Twitter at SpaceCatGal. <laughs> and Maddie? I'm Samus Clone. And Georgia? At Georgia underscore Dow. So thank you, as always, for listening, and we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Bye.